Like li- like live yeah, live to yeah, take. Live to, live to be edited more later. Yeah, and cash, oh, remember no, to never. stop and <laughs> stop and start, and then we need to get a new one. Yeah. All right, so you're wrong. Uh, you just dive right the fuck Well, in. we're going to have the intro song, and then we'll chat okay. for a bit and go right to it. Okay. Thank you, just to kind of, yeah. ready, roll? Uh, uh, Do you like yes. a beer or a, or a Scalvini? A I'll, have a, I'll have a scotch or a whiskey. We're roll. If this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potato. Kneel down. Out here, just a little bit stranger. Thanks for tuning in to Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he's dead. Uh, our producer is Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. Um, uh, Neil just poured uh, our guest a huge... It's a real d- stiff one. Yep. A real stiff one. As they say. It's... Didn't look that big in the bottle. That, uh, didn't look that yeah, big in the bottle. That, that was like... Neil. And then, um, and then our guest today is uh, the one and only Ted Theodore Logan, Leo. <laughs> Ted Leo. Yes. I was giving you your... Um, your they thought we were, we we had we had finally gotten Keanu after uh, Bill had put in a good word for us. Yes, that's what everyone yeah. was. Alex Winter was on the podcast. Oh he yeah, has office space in the building next to ours, and I kind of said, "It's like, would you guys ever want like, right. anyone?" He's 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 like, "Yeah, probably not." <laughs> He'll all he's like, "I'll come back." But uh, well, thank you so much for coming. You're in town. You're welcome. I'm so I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't immediately. I forgot like I forgot that Ted Logan was the name yeah ted theodore logan yeah yeah i remember ted theodore and i was rolling with you to that far and then you said logan and i was like i don't know maybe i'm wrong about who i was thinking he was talking should i say or maybe jonah Theodore leogan that might help but then i would have thought of leoban from battlestar galactica oh there you go is that an original ref or the the reboot the reboot. Okay, great. Because as we all know, reboots of shows are far superior yeah. than the Oftentimes. Especially yeah. the third ones that are on Netflix. The third ones? The third, yeah, one the, that the are? third inter- in, in, incarnation. It's no, it's just the second. Cash. No, it, well, it, that, the, the, the he's talking about your show. The same run. No, yeah, no. no but he's I, saying the third, like in generally, generally the third, the third iteration reboot. of something is going to be better than the first, first or the two. second. No, I'd say the second is the peak. It's Godfather 2, better than one or three. Three is terrible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, so four was pretty good. Godfather 4? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't see it? Is that Godfather 4, the dog father? Was that like an <laughs> yeah, independent uh, make? But um, yeah, it's uh, Ted Leo's in town. We saw uh, him play uh, two nights uh, at the Echo with Summer Cannibals. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking to him as we go along. But um, we're going to start with the song. We're going to get like settled in because he walked in and then we started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'm just going to... Uh, start with a uh, Summer Cannibal song because that's yeah. who you played with, and this is off of um, their album Full of It. I want to believe.
full of it and uh, opening up for Ted Leo on this last tour you did. Um, they played yeah. all, pretty much all new songs. Yeah, including that though they played that they, they played yeah. that, but mostly new songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, are, I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot of the that that is a very concise song that covers a lot of ground. Yeah, and they do they do a lot of that um, that twin guitar, the guitarmonies that yes. I love. Guitarmonies, I've never yeah. heard it said, said that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. 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 big in, in Thin Lizzy discourse. Exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which is the. Uh, you actually are the reason that I was I got into Thin Lizzy. Can I? Can that. I? Can Not I for me. Probably. It was bluesy Huey Lewis that got oh, me yeah. into it. Yeah. Thin Lizzy. That blew my mind when I first Found realized yeah. uh, from the liner notes of Live and Dangerous that yeah. it was bluesy Huey who was who was blowing the harp on that on that record. Um, can I? Um, can I say something that I think is a lot of people might find ridiculous and self-aggrandizing. Oh, th- this is. But the I place. feel safe in this room. I don't usually make <laughs> statements like this. Yeah. It's the candle we lit that makes me <laughs> feel safe. I, I, I think, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm glad to hear you say that because, like, oh, let me put it this way: I feel like about 20 years ago, I started really proselytizing Thin Lizzy again mm-hmm. after they had been sort of off the radar for a solid decade or more. You know? Yeah. And I think that had a, like a weird ripple effect on rock <laughs> in general, you know. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah I, 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 it's uh, there's a lot of what you did, like out there, and it's like it's like there's a lot of kids that would probably, and it's always good to go and do your history and like find out, you know, what became before the person mm. that you got into. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I was talking with Jughead from Screeching Weasel about this, where I said your band is great, but the bands that were inspired by you are terrible. <laughs> like, and he kind of was just like he's like yeah it's like they listened to us but they didn't listen to like the Ramones and the Buzzcocks right right exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like they didn't mm-hmm. go back behind us to see what led us there right it almost gets more reductive rather than broader in yeah. its, yeah. In its uh, approach or understanding yeah. And, yeah. but like like Thin Lizzy was just yeah, I was like oh boys are back in town and yeah. uh, sure and then but when the more I listened to you and then like the more like you know it's, and then getting to know Neil was also a big part of this mm-hmm. uh, and um the, uh, the just the idea of it just was it was great. Now I'm listening to Thin Lizzy right. because of like uh, you're more li- Thin Lizzy. I've st- I've sold my Ted Leo to listen <laughs> and buy more Thin Lizzy. And I don't think that was I don't think that's what you intended. You want the real shit, kid? <laughs> you gotta get that Phil line at Solo, yeah, yeah. Solo and solo Soho. Soho. Yeah. So you're buying Green Day. Bad move. Why don't you check out Gigi Allen? <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna start you, start you off on a little Ted Leo. <laughs> this one's free. And then when it's not getting you high enough, you come back and see me. I got a place to go. Um, so you're doing you're doing a tour where you're playing Hearts of Oak, mm-hmm. um, which was your second record on Lookout Records. That's right. Um, and uh, it seemed to you know it seemed to be a, a thing that a lot of people are doing, which I think is fun. At first, when it started happening, it's like they're playing this album in full. I think the first time I did was maybe. A, I saw about eight years ago, um, They Might Be Giants did Flood in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they had like a lot of funny um, things to say about like, they're like, you know, it's like we're going to play Flood in its entirety, but we're going to add a bunch of other songs mm. because the album is about 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's that does a not one. a show make. Yeah. It's like um, a, yeah, a lot of one minute, thirty five second songs. Yeah, and like they also said, uh, like a lot of time they're like, it's like this next song is what we consider at the time filler. <laughs> <laughs> and but and I've seen that. It's like even like I was watching. Not that I was ever a huge Nas fan, but I remember being with Joe Mandy as Nas would do was doing Illmatic in its entirety when we were at Fun 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 Fest one year, and he was watching. He was like so excited. He's like, oh yeah. 
I forgot that I skipped oh, yeah, a lot of tracks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, but yeah. with Hearts of Oak, it's it's power-packed the whole way through. Thanks. And it, it made for a good, and you even switched up in this, you talked about this. Yeah. You switched, you know, like you redid the order of the songs, but it made for a good show on its own. Thanks. Which I, is impressive. I appreciate that. I've always thought of, um, I put a lot of thought into album sequencing, you know, yes. like at this end, the same like amount making that a mixtape. Yeah, and, and like making a live set as well. Yes. You know, we never just blurt out a bunch of songs. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's some consideration given to flow. And yeah. and also, you know, the reason we moved the Battle of the Sin Eater to the end is just, you know, purely, well, not purely physical, also performative. Like, yes. I mean, it's a set closer. Like, it doesn't have to be an album closer, uh-huh. but it's kind of a set closer. You yes. can't really, there's not much you're going to do after that unless you take a quick break and yeah. assess whether or not you're going to come back <laughs> on stage, you know? <laughs> so, um, is it ever really an assessment when you get off stage? Oh, you're like, I don't know if they want it bad oh, enough, guys. This, I, sometimes. Really? I mean, sometimes it is. Look, I mean, whatever. Like, we've been doing this for long enough at this point that I think, you know, it's it's a little coy and sometimes feels a little cheesy to walk off stage. But but not just, But not sometimes it really you really do have to assess. And um, especially because we pl- these sets that we did around the, um, these Hearts of Oak shows... You know, we had to challenge ourselves to play a little shorter because we were doing two nights because oh. we've been doing really long sets. You yeah. Know? And oh. like after, you know, a, a normal set that pushes two hours, it's it's kind to give the audience <laughs> the option of going like, well, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like, I'll get and, into my car quicker this yeah, way. Yeah. And then also, you know, also you can, I mean, honestly, like you can also sort of you can take a minute and decide how much you're capable of, how much you want to do more, yeah. and also if there's a response, but it's tepid, yeah. then you know you're not going to do a six-song encore. You know, you're, yeah. you know, you might have six options, but you're only going to play two or something. You so know, you so. think that you think what you're taking into consideration is not so much that you're not going to go back out there, but how much you're going to do and what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. The conversation. You, you, you get, you get a. You gotta ride the vibe, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta vibe it out, man. <laughs> and and so it's like in to Hearts of Oak was was it is it an anniversary right now? Yeah, fifteen years. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. But you didn't do this for Tyranny of Distance. We did a couple of Tyranny of Distance shows. We did we played um for many, many years we did we always did a, um a free outdoor show in New York City. Hmm. Um I emphasize city. Not just big state. People had to find it. It right. didn't go well. <laughs> um, and uh, when it came around that it was the uh, it was the, there was a double anniversary, which was like the tenth the ten year anniversary of the first time we did one of those at South Street Seaport in New York, and the tenth the ten year anniversary of Tyranny Distance. So we did the album then, mm-hmm. and then that felt good enough that we actually did a show in D.C. Uh, that we filmed and then we never had any money to do anything with the film. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's still out there. It's, it's still, still in there? here. Yeah, or in it's, somewhere. It's, 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 filing it's under somewhere. microwave's bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still it on a, a thumb drive somewhere. But is it, it's all, was it edited together? Or no, we done? never edited it. You just um, have this raw footage? Neil yeah, we will do that for free. Two, two camera free. raw footage of the show. Neil, you want to put that together? Yeah, I'll, I'll put that. Together. Okay, we'll yeah. talk. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we'll put it out. And yeah. we'll, we'll give you what it's worth. Yeah. That's great. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, out of all these, like, kind of, you know, anniversary things you're doing, um, and I, and I don't know the demise of Chisel, but 
like you you know you're looking back at a lot of the stuff you've been doing and i you know almost expected a chisel song like in like because like and you were going back and i was like i was like oh how far back but not way back and i don't know the demise and i don't know like the story behind because it's like yeah i liked chisel a lot and then you you came out solo and i, I was, was like great he was my favorite part Thanks. and then you continued on i was gonna make a joke and like throw down the mic and storm out who didn't who told you not to talk about chisel? yeah no um, i almost during the first song i was like, I was like can i can i bring up chisel right no chisel um uh, aside from from being a very bad band name, which in retrospect I have to admit. Um, but on a label with a great name, which was a Steve Barton reference. That's right, Gurn Blanston. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I mean I have I have positive feelings about that band, and and uh, I think our our split was frustrating, but not necessarily acrimonious. And I'm the two other guys live in Chicago, and I saw them both when we played there on this tour. Like we're we're friends and everything. And there have been talks about maybe doing some reissues at some point. And actually, on this tour in Boston, somebody yelled out a Chisel song, and I, I, you know, despite my speech from stage about how you got to give us a couple of days to learn something, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was able to pull that one together and, you and know, I wow, played a do? song about uh, Town Crusher. God damn! Yeah, because I was thinking about warmer music. I was almost, I almost oh. yelled that out on. <laughs> Uh, the first night because it's I got drunker that night um, <laughs> and I felt safer. Yeah, uh, for mouthy. some reason. What? A little mouthy. A little mouth. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I could go like on warmer music and then like, but like, but I'm, I can't. I don't like yelling out because yeah. it's like I'm easily seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's upsetting where it's just some guy by himself. Uh, Especially if you're at. The Summer Cannibals merch table with <laughs> yeah, lights and everything. It's like, oh, he's very he's easily right. identifiable. Six foot yeah. four dude at the merch yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's up with Summer Cannibals merch guy? He was so wasted. He was so wasted. Um, also, I got uh, it, the thing about what was funny about like uh, I asked like, did I sell not enough? Uh, and they're like, and and like, Jessica was just like, she's going, um, well, usually when we need someone to sell, we make it so it's a girl. And I go, oh, I understand that for the. And she's like, she's like, not for how you think. We sell more. <laughs> oh wow, right, it's right. It's a girl behind the thing. Wow. Because people might think she's in the band, or they like guys just want to uh-huh. talk to her. The guys, you know, want to impress her. Oh, just God. she just said it's like sadly, it's a thing that's, yeah. a, <laughs> uh, you know, a reality. And then the next night, uh, the night I didn't do it, the merch was Amy Miller, a very funny comic on Kill Rock Stars, and mm-hmm. uh, and I went up to them after the show. And I was like, so what were the what were the differences? <laughs> right. And she she sold. Twice as much merch, oh, but it was a sold-out show. The That's, first night wasn't completely. Sold yeah, it was. Out. It was pretty close. They were like, "God damn it!" I think it might have sold out by the end of the night. Honestly, yeah. so. lie to him, or he's gonna be a beast all week. I will just not be able to take this. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's like that's why I was. Uh, let me, about the all right, let me let me make you feel let me throw something out there that might make you feel a little better then. Please. Because the first night was the Hearts of Oak night and the second night was the more freewheeling yes. night. You know, so maybe people went there not so much thinking about buying merch from anybody that mm. night. They went there to hear an album. Mm-hmm. Ah. The second night, they're they were it was Friday. Friday. They're drinking. They got paid. They got paid. Yeah. Just got paid. Yeah, Friday that's night. That's just it. got paid. Oh. And that's that probably factored Thank into it. Thank you so it. much for that. Yeah, uh, Ted. Uh, I want to. Go home and listen to Repeater. <laughs> I d- why isn't my computer my fully? It charged? went to sleep. Yeah, like there it, it goes. Um, you have a you have a new album out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, I do this every time I have like a, a musician that I really like. I almost like go through the catalog and I go, "This is what I would do," and I'll walk them through, walk the audience through. There, I don't. 
feel the need to do that because like um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know who you are and I'll skip the chisel stuff that I put in here um, <laughs> which just to let you know was hipster race and an amateur I'm thief sorry. that's great good th- can good I tell tracks. you an amateur th- a story about an amateur thief and then can I play the song <laughs> sure. Or yeah. did you ra- no, would you rather? No, be- you can play it, but but let me explain something about that. Um, that <laughs> is. <laughs> you start off. It's my least favorite song. <laughs> it's I the don't one get songwriting. Cr- it's song really like one of the one one of the one regrets that I have in our in our catalog, because we wrote that song um, WHFS, which was an old alternative station outside of DC. Like yeah, yeah. WHSF, yeah. Uh, the alternative sound of yeah. DC. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming that's what they. That's said. pretty much what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, except it was it was more like WHFS, ninety nine one, the alternative sound of Washington. But um, they uh, they were really supportive of of um, you know local bands like us at the time. And um, some somebody did a Christmas show and asked people to come on and you know like do Christmas songs. And we wrote we actually wrote that song as a Christmas song about stealing Christmas trees. Oh shit! Oh wow! <laughs> Which I've done before. <laughs> I know a number of people have done yeah, this, yeah. Um, and uh, the the whole thing was like, we're gonna do a little midnight rain and gonna get ourselves a Christmas tree, bring the van so we got room for the nativity scene, you yeah. know, like, and um, and we had this this uh, debate in the studio about whether like we really liked the music of it. And I thought we should just keep it a Christmas song. Like, why not? Yeah, like, who cares yeah. if people are listening? The album came out in May, in my recollection. Like, so what? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. the rest of them aren't Christmas yeah, songs. People will put yeah. it back on. It's right? Mid Christmas. Yeah. Right. Um, but ultimately, and I and I, I don't absolve myself from this. I think by by committee, we decided that we should um, we should change it out of Christmas mode. And I yeah. regret that to this day because now I, I'm glad. I, this is another thing I'm really glad to hear you say because <laughs> I've it's been haunting me ever since. I was like. You know why did we not leave it a Christmas song? It's kind of dumb without the Christmas thing. You yeah, know? I, I, Christmas I, singles big business in Europe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah it's, it's like, like a it's like a thing every year, like because it's like a stocking stuffer. Everyone gets like a single CD or whatever, mm. and so like that's why all those every British band puts out a Christmas right. EP or something. Well, it's like why it's you know you'll see a lot of people you know make that big swing as doing a Christmas movie. Oh yeah, because yeah, if yeah. one hits. Mm-hmm. It's just that's yeah, it. Yeah, every year. Like, you know, when, like, who's the guy? Uh, right, it becomes a thing. Uh, yeah. It becomes a tradition. What's uh, Laverne's dad? <laughs> uh, Marshall. Gary yeah, Marshall. Gary Marshall. He started making like every holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mother's Valentine's Day. Day yeah. Mother's Day. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like, I was, I was knocking them out because they'd run on TBS every year. <laughs> I, I was I listening to an interview with John Favreau and he talked about like that's one of the biggest thrills of his career is making Elf and it's just on for like two months every right. year. Yeah, it's just like it's so cool that I get to sit down and like turn on TBS and the movie I made is there and it never goes away. It's <laughs> yeah, like it's just, I'm immortal now. There's something because it's like Christmas is already such a nostalgic time for people mm-hmm. yeah. and like you know I still go back every Christmas. I listen to the Carpenters Christmas albums. Oh yeah, really? which are fantastic. It's like their arrangements are insane. Yeah, their version of. Uh, just do those sleigh bells oh, ringling, ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. What's that called? Sleigh ride. Sleigh ride. Yeah, That's and nuts. like uh, they have a like a medley of like like that starts off with Emmanuel, Oh Emmanuel, oh. and it's just it's nuts. Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. Yeah, and ransom captive Israel, <laughs> whose 
Something lonely exile. We're here with yeah. Irish Catholic Ted Leo <laughs> talking about the, our favorite God song. I was gonna say like your CCD went like three years longer than I. Yeah. I get the first. Oh, I went months. to seventeen and a half years of Catholic school. Oh, jeez, I have I had like nine. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. seventeen and a half. So half. Where was the half a year you it spent in me, the public school? I left college and then it went back, and it took me longer than the oh, okay. full four years. Oh, okay. Yeah, you went to Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Oh wow. Which is, is that like? Is there like mass and is it required and all that stuff? Mass is not required, but there is mass. There's a lot of mass going on. Yeah. yeah. Or there was. I mean, there were, this is a long time ago, but yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah I, I went to I, oh, go ahead, Sorry. I went to Catholic school as well. Yeah. It's uh, terrible. Yeah. I mean, I had a pretty good. Grammar school and high school experience. Grammar school for me was very, um, like, I literally was being taught by the same nuns who taught my parents and my aunts and uncles oh, wow. and stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, my my parents are not a hell of a lot older than me, especially in modern ter- terms. Yes, but, yeah. um, but, uh, but you know, the the nuns were a little older at that point, but but they were still the old, like, smack you yeah. in yeah. the head kind of nuns, you know? Um but it wasn't bad. Like it was. It was like weirdly. But I deserved kind of, it. And but it wasn't bad. It made me feel <laughs> something. Um, Anything. It made, it made me feel in the same ways that all of my ancestors That's felt. Right. Like yeah, exactly. I felt all of the emotions yeah. felt fell in the yeah. same way. I am. I both feel shame and am strangely excited. Yeah. This. Yeah. Um, and I, then, like my high school was uh, was. Uh, was regional Catholic and it was you know John Hughes era and it felt very John Hughesy <laughs> yeah. like the jocks were in the spring musical and you know like stuff oh, like that yeah. were you like uniformed uh, we had to wear ties and blazers yeah uh, but all boys the all boys yeah mm-hmm. yeah I had all boys and we had uh, polo shirts uh, we had to wear polo shirts and then one day a week was shirt and tie week but it's also right. Hawaii so it's oh know, wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, like, that's make weird it's like blazers. the opposite of casual Friday that's right. yeah. One day a yeah. week, you had to like. Well, because on Friday they'd make you go to mass, or I don't know if they would make you, we but occasionally do, mass was on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's real in Hawaii. It's just every time I watch like an old episode of Hawaii Five O, and there are those like wool suits running around, I just go, "This must have been god awful wow. like, in that show." <laughs> They're all sh- there's a sheen of sweat. Oh on my them. god! But um, anyway, Catholic Church is a terrible thing. Yeah, uh, we're gonna play uh, an amateur thief. Uh, okay. So get those jingle bells out, yeah. listeners. Um, this is <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll redo it. Maybe we'll redo Ooh. it as a Christmas song for the for the reissue that you may know, or the may beat not does happen. Does have a jingle bell? Yeah. kind of thing you can do to it. Uh, so this is off the album "Set You Free" by Chisel.
drinking as an altar boy, but like, did you? I can remember that, that was the thing they would tell people if we were doing like choir or something like that. They would be like, "Now don't lock your knees." Oh, right, you'll cut off blood flow, flow and then yeah. you'll. Oh, pass weird. Out. Well, we didn't get that uh, that much coaching. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. ate it and I woke up outside and some guy was like, "Are you all right?" <laughs> I was like, "You're like Jesus." I, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like looking at this guy and he had so much hair coming out of his ears. I was like, "Does that happen to everyone?" Oh yeah. man, that <laughs> is the curse. Like that is... tufts. Like, do you yeah. have that? Yeah, do you get that? I get like I get a few little ones, and I I'm so meticulous about yanking them out. I have tweezers in my car where I'm like, mm. dude, I have the worst aspects of being both Irish and Italian. And like, <laughs> one of them is that like I I'm a full on like uh, what's uh, uh, who wrote um, Waiting for Godot. Uh. uh Godard. Uh, Waiting for Godard. Duh. Anyway, somebody. Yeah, this is this is real. Somebody sorry, this is really embarrassing. Um, Hold on. Yep. You guys no. all know. Hey Siri, who wrote Waiting for Godot? <laughs> Here's what I found on the web. Nope, not not Get Out. We all know who wrote Get Out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh my god! Why am I blanking on this? I don't know. I should know. Here we go. Samuel Beckett. Samuel hey. Beckett. Thank you. Here's the point. I have full on Samuel Beckett nose and ear hair <laughs> situation happening. Ooh, really? It's really bad. So you have to keep yeah. up with it. Yeah, I have to really maintain it. Like, but you hear like you shave. You shave. You know. You yeah. Shave your face. So I'm sure it's like. A I whole just thing. started shaving my face like with more than like a like a you know an electric razor more than really like a really recently. Yeah, because yeah. because well, here's the thing: is all my hair is going white. I'm really skipping the. I'm skipping any transition phase and like oh you just want to yeah my beard is really white and this all this ear hair is really white and what do you do with the ear hair it ages me like ten years I uh so I do a little bit with like an electric and then like I I tweeze yeah my nose hair is out of control and I just like when they kind of get big and like a little tuft of it I just grab them and pull them out yeah yeah that's it that's that's satisfying and painful yeah oh yeah my wife back to the capital thing it doesn't hurt me anymore it just makes me feel known yeah yeah that's right yeah Deanna she's like she's like how do you do that and she's like every like like Christmas or something she'll give me one of those like cheapy you know things and they like doing it once at one shot is better than like the tickling of the little machine oh now I'm gonna be like with my nose. Well, that's like when like we were uh, getting ready to, I think, shoot either the pilot of the first season of uh, Meltdown. Cash was, you know, running one of the cameras, and he's like, "Hey, Joan, just let you know, one of them is a, uh, well, like the cameras are HD, so maybe, you know, just check the nose." <laughs> oh man. But, well, he's a tall guy, and I was kind of shooting mm-hmm. down below. Yeah, no, I didn't want to catch yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good friend. Right that's there. a good friend. No, yeah. I know it's it's gonna happen. That's like the one of the like the shitty parts about being tall is like everyone has like a bat in the cave from time to time. <laughs> but like it's like normal people won't get it. They, like they'll never. No one will know. Unless it's like they look normal up at a bird people. or something like that. <laughs> For me, it's just always everyone can see it all the time. <laughs> It's not fun. Normal people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in olden days, I would be just told to go. Yeah, you would have been yeah. stoned out of the village a long yeah, time I would have been ago. Out of the village, I would have showed up on the run, and, and I would have to like go like, I'm not going to destroy your village. <laughs> I don't want to eat your children. Like uh, Ian Carmel has a great joke about if like if we didn't have basketball, like what would we do with all these giants? <laughs> Oh my god! It'd be uh, like picking apples, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ch- changing light bulbs, like yeah. street lights. Um, 
I want to know about uh, that transition, like getting out of Chisel, which was doing pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and then going and jumping into uh, solo act with the pharmacists. Yeah. Um, and you went down like with like you know on a label, Lookout Records, who seemed to be doing well making the transition from like just a pop punk label to a label that puts out interesting, good mm-hmm. punk, um, you know, derivative. Post-punk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you went there, and they 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 can like like within. Okay, guys, I'm two sorry. I, I before we get to get away from this. Waiting for ex- waiting to exhale was written by Samuel Beckett. I do not know who who wrote Waiting for Godot. What the fuck? How did you fuck that up? That's not true. Waiting to exhale. It was a good bit though, Cash. Yeah, thank you. If it only yeah. was on time. Cash had to run through the cobwebs of his brain to be like, what the other oldest, waiting for? The movie? oldest whitest Irishman, is like you know, clammy oh, yes. typewriter all, waiting, all, writing, also waiting. Also, how to Stella uh, Stella got her groove back. That was yeah, that yeah, was yeah, his yeah. big two that he was known Good. for. Um, but so like uh, like going and also like it's like I remember feeling that weird because you were such a you're synonymous with the East Coast DC scene, you know, and to go with Lookout was a. Uh, was interesting to me, and um, th- what was that like? That transition. So okay, um, I mean, so t- briefly, you know, getting out of uh, Chisel and, and deciding to play under my own name was uh, Chisel was doing okay. You know, we we were building an audience for sure. Um, I think we had different ideas about where we wanted uh, the band to go, or at least how we wanted to get there. And we, the final tour that we did. You know, it had some of those frustrations that that lead you to come to that realization that, like, if I was having more fun or making more money, <laughs> like, yeah. I could stick with this since neither of those things is in the <laughs> yeah, picture right yeah. now. Like, it might be time to make a change, you know? And it's because uh, I, I think about this a lot where I remember being, um, I was roadieing for a band that was opening up for um, The Walkman. And some of those guys were complaining because that was their first tour for Bows and Arrows, I think. Uh, and they were complaining because they had just like, that was like their first tour since Jonathan Fire Eater had kind of, and like Jonathan Fire Eater kind of got up to this level and then they had to drop down to start the walking back up, which right. then it, uh, eventually, you know, eclipsed, like went past, yeah. eclipsed, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Jonathan Fire Eater. But it was like, it was this starting over feeling that they had, like that they kind of like clicked up and then they had to drop back yeah. down. Let me just say, pour one out for Stuart Lupton. Yes, that's right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Seems like nonstop these days. I know, I know. Um, But yeah, I I think I didn't quite have that... uh, I didn't have that um, problem mentally. I I certainly had that problem, uh, you know, attendance-wise and album sales-wise and stuff. But mentally, I didn't have that problem because what I wanted to do at that point was throw it all away honestly like really yeah like i i i kind of was for a brief period and by brief i mean like really brief like a month like i i was done like i think i was done with With playing music music, yeah for a minute and um it was only uh the the tour that i uh, that i left chisel on was in like uh, i don't know like june or something like that and at the end of july of that same year which would have been 97 i think yeah um 
Because 99 was her, uh, was Tyranny of Distance, right? Yeah. yeah. Or it actually came out in 2000, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it was close, though, so like you can't. It's only one year away. Yeah, can't take it back. Um, <laughs> only one year off. So I still, uh, got, I still got my cred. It's just, right. uh, yeah, keep going with your yeah. story, but yeah, just. <laughs> um, but uh, DC band, uh, The Warmers, mm-hmm. Alec Mackay, Amy Farina, and, and uh, um, um, they they just kind of like drew me out of my shell and we're like, they had like a weekend of college shows in Justin, Virginia, you know? So it wasn't like a hard traveling thing. Yeah. And they were like, you have some, you know, you, you have songs. Like, why don't you just come play them? And I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I had Sometimes a really it's, good, it's, a, that's all it takes really yeah, to break yeah. you out of just like, it did oh. remind you of like, like starting music where it's just like some friends going like, eh, play some exactly. Songs. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, you know, and I, and it was, I found it, um, I think, it, you know, just at that point in my life, like it was good for me to travel alone. Um, I started very soon thereafter, like touring a lot alone and, just um, troubadour, uh, like, which a lot of punks end up doing like Tim Berry from Avail is just yeah. like, even Kevin whole, seconds, you know, yes, like, Kevin yeah. seconds, uh, from seven seconds. It'd be funny if you wasn't right. from, <laughs> um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a few others. There's even like, you, I, I recently there was like a tour of like, like old punks, mm-hmm. like from the, like, you know, mid nineties that all just play like acoustic right. folk punk songs now. What I wanted to do at the time though also was, you know, I started using the, 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 and the pharmacists or slash pharmacists, thing almost immediately because I did and this is dumb I admit I fully yes, admit that SEO this is, tagging is yeah. real bad for the slash <laughs> no the no end. no but the, I just mean like the, the <laughs> that's true <laughs> but what I mean what I mean was that you know um, this was just like youthful sort of um, I mean again like anything that I say over the course of this evening that I that I that I say you know is punk damage mm-hmm uh, I don't mean that I don't understand what I was thinking at the time, and probably I still admire like certain aspects of what I was thinking at the time. But I also, yeah. in looking back, realized that like I was hamstringing myself in a lot of unnecessary ways, or like carrying a lot of burden that I didn't need to carry. You know, and we 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 talk about this from time to time, and I I think about it and talk about it a lot. It's like um, the the bad side of punk mm-hmm. um, that can like affect your brain when you're younger because yeah. you. It's you're, you. You realize, like as progressive as you think you are at the time, you're saying no to a lot of things um, for this kind of uh, unnecessary reason, or you're forcing yourself through, um, you know, harder processes than you need yeah. to force yourself through. Um, and uh, and I was doing a lot of that, and it, even just when it comes down to the name, like I was like, I can't be. You know, like Elliot Smith was a friend of mine, and yeah, I was like, yeah. I can't be an Elliot Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't be a singer songwriter who's out there with yeah. my name and my face. You know, I have to hide it in this. Like, I was, I was, uh, you know, I, I some of the stuff that I played was just me and guitar, but some stuff I did backing tracks too, and I actually, oh boy, <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I can't. In some ways, again, like I think this was kind of cool. Like I look back at the at the person that I was twenty five or whatever many years ago and go like. That's a cool choice, yeah. kid. You know, <laughs> but other ways, I'm like, what were you thinking? Yeah. It was like I used to, um, I would record backing tracks to a reel-to-reel four-track tape machine, and it was huge. And yeah. I lugged that around the country, oh, wow. just Canada so you could, with me. You know, like, just so you could pl- press play. Yeah, while it was on yeah. Stage and it had a whole performative aspect to it, where yeah. like you know, there were like there was very dramatic like lean back really fast and press play, and then come right back in on the beat. You know, kind of yeah. kind of things and. Um, um, you know, it was all, 
it, it was all it all had like a, a good uh, you know a good um, thrust to it. A, a, I think like a, a a possibly smart and interesting thrust to yeah. it. But it also it was interesting. All, like it's like I remember like first time seeing people do like just stuff to back and tracks. Um, yeah, um, like you know, tracing the plastics, Adam's package, even like early Harmart, like it's like, and th- that stuff all came after. I'm sure a little we bit, yeah, that. a little bit after. But yeah. like, there was like a lot of like a lot of people that I think were just like, it's like I want to play and I want to do what I want to do, and right, and like I don't want to think of like you know, it's and it's a lot of people that were like post bands. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I just don't want to deal with the 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 emotional baggage that comes with like having a. You yeah. Know, also, like I two can't, other people around. Right. I can't afford to bring three other people. Can't too. afford to yeah, bring yeah, three yeah. other people. And then, and the the thing for me that I look back and think was negative was that like I couldn't embrace myself as like a solo artist. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't think, think I was enough. You yeah. know, like I didn't. And also, like I don't know. I just like I had. Um, I was. I, I mean, any word that I can think of for this has negative connotations, and and. I don't necessarily mean it that way. Um, like if I say regress or like, you know, was looking backward, um, I mean it in sort of positive ways that having, having, uh, gone through this period with chisel where, you know, we were talking to major labels. Yeah. Things, oh, that's and, what and, I wanted and, to know, Yeah. About like too. all this stuff. And I, 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 I had to back away from that. It didn't feel right to me. And really? I went back, I went like far back in the was other that, direction. Was that you your know? punk rock guilt? Some of it was my punk rock guilt. You guys of, were you, like, you knew the Fugazi guys, the whole DC scene, the, like Discord scene of being like, there's no need to, you can keep your overhead low, you can jam a Kano, as the Minutemen right, said. Right, Well, I don't think that that was, I don't think that me making that decision to walk away from that was punk rock guilt, mm-hmm. but I think that part of me obscuring my identity when I first started playing solo mm-hmm. was punk rock guilt. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I even, like I couldn't even just step out and be like, like every YouTube person, they're like, hey guys, it's Ted Leo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, you, know, <laughs> you know, like I would have had to have some filters and, you know, yeah, noise yeah, yeah. and stuff, you know. And, and I did that like I, like IRL. I had filters yeah, yeah. and noise so between like, me and everything. Fuzz that I was doing. On oh, that's such yeah. an amazing metaphor. Like, yeah. like just, just the confidence that I feel like kids have these days with the YouTube, the whole YouTube. The right. kids like, with the YouTube. The kids Come on, with Cash. The kids with the YouTube who occasionally have signed checks for me in the past. Get you know, yeah. those guys that have employed me. Um, <laughs> But the, the 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 confidence they had and how far that is from where everywhere I came from and every scene that I came from, nobody had confidence. Well, I think even like it's uh, it's <clears throat> a little bit with um, you know Dave Grohl could have easily just been Dave Grohl, but Elon, he like he made it he put it out as the Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters yeah. right? And, he, and like I talked to him a bit uh, when we was on the nurse, and I, I know I brought this up before. Um, but like you know, he I, I brought up punk rock guilt, and he's like, yeah. And he kind of brought up like it's like I don't, I want to be the Foo Fighters, I want to be the guy, I want to be in a band. Um, and then he he I guess it was like maybe on the Color and Shape tour, like he was out partying with Lemmy, and then he like was kind of like feeling down, and like he's like, he's like I ever feel like you're kind of like and he just like started like talking like a punk rock guy, feeling mm-hmm. weird about the amounts of success he had. But like Lemmy came from before that was even a thing, yeah. and he had no idea how to relate to this guy. Wow! He's like, "What do you mean you're, you feel weird about like selling out a stadium? What like you're, that's supposed to be? It's like it's like you know guys that do it for girls. He's like, why else are you doing? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's it was like a thing that got established uh, for better or worse, and I think for mostly better. But um, yeah, it, you know, yeah. Then just for the record, you know, I don't. I, I mean, I still. I'm still not on a major label, you know, and I, I still, there's would still you at this point. No, there's still so many things that I, that I say no to all the time. You yeah. Know? Um, and 
sometimes I second guess myself about that, and I've my goal, my uh, you know, my lines that I will and won't cross have certainly, you know, both contracted and expanded, you yeah. know, um, over the years. Um, but uh, it, but there is a lot that I that I do still. I, I don't think it's the right path for everybody. I don't think everybody needs to, you know. I don't think everybody needs to walk out of, you know. Yeah. Ariana Grande day doesn't need to, you know. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, I, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't like need you to, it, um, yeah. you know, Twice. walk out of whatever label she's on right now and and you know sign with. Uh, uh, burger. Uh, burger Records. Yeah. 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 <laughs> burger. Sign with Burger. Burger Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burger oh, Fest 2019. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, That'll like happen. that. That doesn't need to happen. But um, but I do think that um. All right, can I tell you another story about this? Yeah. Please. So right it's after literally Heart- why you're here. Okay, that's, true. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know how I don't know how much of that is why I'm here or not. So, but oh no, but, okay, no, no, right. no! It's because you're well, we got the man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always lurking in the back of my mind. <laughs> um, so in like '04, which was like on the Hearts of Oak tour, the closest I ever came to to signing to a major label was I got. Um, I went into a meeting with Columbia and the, the A&R guy who I met with was awesome. And he wasn't like a young, like I'd met with other like young, you know, hip people who you just, I'm just predisposed to not believe a word out of yeah. their mouths. You know, this was an older guy who had been, you know, there forever. And he was sort of like, I guess, I don't know what level he was at, but like, I was weirdly more predisposed to take him seriously because I knew he had no real, you know, he wasn't out there trying to make his own bones on this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, and he, he, he said so many things that I, you know, I loved hearing like, you know, like we just want to have, we want you to have a home to make music. You know, like we're not going to push you for singles. We're not going to tell you to not write political songs. Like, you know, we, want to give you what we give Bruce Springsteen. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Jackpot, you know. And, um, and uh, that felt amazing, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I walked away thinking about it. And um, at the time, though, also, there, everything was, I mean, we, you know, everything seems so crazily in flux right now, and it is. But, but there's rarely a time, I mean, relative to other times, there's more flux or less flux, but it's always in flux, you know? And back yeah. then, there was a time when a lot a lot of bands were signing to major labels and subsequently quickly getting dropped because mm-hmm. said young A&R guy was moving on and leaving them in the lurch or the yeah. company's retooling and they fall between the cracks and et cetera, yeah, Even et cetera. like little subsidiaries on labels that were getting propped up. I remember like Record Collection Records like came and they had to roll blackouts, Harmar and like, uh, I think, uh, Giant Drag. And then like, it's like, and then like, they quickly were like, we don't want... Like that anymore? We're like, what about the bands? Uh, we'll we'll keep that. We'll keep Giant Drag. We'll move them over to right. this one. And yeah, yeah. And then and then it's also like, oh, also by the way, we'll keep their masters. Yeah, yeah. We won't do anything with them. Yeah. You yes. know, and like so those those things. You know, I know it's um, you know, it's not the it's not every story, but um, but it happened enough that it gave me pause, and I just started thinking about you know, what I have versus what I might be potentially giving up, and. It just didn't make sense to me, you know, and I, I know that there is a lot of my audience that that has a lot of goodwill for me and would wish me success on, on any terms short of joining the Trump administration, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
you know, but I also know there are a lot of people who who actually want to care about yeah. things and appreciate um, people who at least like go th- who at least think about these things. And um, again, like doing that calculus, I, I just was like, you know what? Like, I don't. At that point, I was already in my 30s, too. You yeah, know? yeah just you're already like, doing it. You know how to live like an adult while doing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and beyond, but beyond that, I was like, what are they really going to do with me starting out with me in my 30s? Like, this yeah. guy says, and maybe I'm being too cynical about this, but, you know, this guy says, you know, and I believe him that they're not going to make me do A, B, or C, you know, yeah. but... He's not the only person in the company. The company has a bottom line. Yeah. They, you know, like they're. Oh, I'll get handed off to somebody eventually who's going to make me do a cotton commercial, and I don't want to do that. True. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm still confused how and like and I love the band, but Built to Spill consistently remains on a major label on Warner right. Brothers. I think. And there you go. I mean, that's an example of like. There's obviously nobody is telling that band what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean that in the best songs. of ways. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> but like also, but then at the same time, Eels. No mm-hmm. longer on a major label. Yeah, it's a Jawbox. That was like right after the whole thing happened with Jawbox. Yeah, you know? and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like there's really no. It doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason right. to it, because it's like you know, E was putting out like a consistent, like you know, Eels record, and then to just go away. I mean, like what he was doing wasn't so different from what Built to Spill was doing. And I mean, they're both they're both bands that could sell out mm-hmm. or at least fill the El Ray. Yeah, yeah. Which I think right. you know they're very similar in that. Uh, that level, but it was just yeah. It's so random. It seems, yeah. and you have to. You just have to draw your personal line with it. Like you know, I, I, I for me, um, I, 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 you know, I didn't think at that point maybe I, I didn't think it maybe would be the best idea for me career wise. I also just didn't feel comfortable with it. You know, like yeah. call it partially punk damage, but also call it like the fact that yeah, like we all put money into the system every single day. But we can, you know, we can choose how and where and when we do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And um, again, you, know, you got to look back to like this is the lead up to the Iraq War and everything. And I just, you know, I didn't want to be part of a major corporation right then. Yeah. You know? Never mind what they're selling. It's what, what you're buying. buying. Samuel Beckett. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, with that, we're going to take a break and uh, listen to a song listen off of. You know, it's um, it's weird because it's like. When you when I look at like you know uh, iTunes or or Apple Music or Spotify or stuff like that like the albums that come up to the top, um, it's like you you find yourself like like clicking on those to listen to when you like want to like when you search a band you like you're never you know I'm not going through CDs or records as much anymore I'm just kind of like typing in who I want to listen to at the time and listening to that and for some reason uh, the album. Um, that uh, living living with the living is always for some reason like below the fold as they mm, say it's yeah, always yeah. for some reason like it's well touch and go another label that sort of went under yeah two venerable American punk labels in a row it's so did you feel you were cursed <laughs> I didn't feel I was cursed but I felt very bad for 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 the state of the world oh, yeah Jonah. that's so crazy <laughs> I don't like that no but I I mean yeah I didn't feel um, I mean obviously like I didn't feel cursed because I knew I had other options yeah um, but. But in retrospect, um, I wish that both of those labels yeah. still exist and I could continue to work with them. I yeah. find it so odd. Um, yeah, the lookout stuff just kind of uh, spread out. Like Mike Park from Asian Man Records, I think, like picked up a lot of like '90s pop punk stuff, and then 
Todd Conjolier from you know Toys Like Hell FYP Recess Records. He picked up some stuff, and it was just kind of this piecemeal thing, mm. kind of. And then Hopeless Records, uh, all, you know, slash Sub City, um, Hopeless Records just bought the logo. I didn't um, know that. They bought wow. the Lookout Records logo. Whoa! Oh, they just throw it on merch. They're gonna put it on like they put it on a shirt that I grabbed when I was there visiting our friend Christina. Uh, <laughs> wow. And she's like, "Yeah, we got these." And I was like, "Give me one!" Like uh, it's the old school Lookout logo. Yeah. But at the same time, they're they're still weighing whether they they did a Lookout Fest up in uh, the Bay Area. Yeah. But it was all like the old school. It was like Missoula and mm-hmm. the Lookouts and the Potato Men. Yeah, yeah. Like, all these really wow. old. Like, it was at Gilman. Yes, it was at yeah. Gilman, which is like, and they recorded in there. I think they're gonna put out like a record or something. I think so. I'm not sure if they're doing that, but uh, I, and I can't remember if I was supposed to say that. I know I'm, like, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on the passing conversation I right. had with my friend. Uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, living with the living, such a great album. Thank you. And uh, I remember uh, a bottle of Bucky, like just like it just hit me, like where it was just. And you always have like a couple of these songs, and all your albums are great and well rounded. But like, there's always like a song or two that just kind of like it elevates what you were already doing and sets the tone for what I almost think is like a teaser for the next album. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And that's kind of how, Thanks. like, it's always like, I felt like there's always these, like there's a couple lobs you do in a record and it's like, it's almost like a foreshadowing moment in a story where like, it's like, it's like, this is something that might like, and it, it could just be thinking that in retrospect after well, like you put out three or four albums, you know, I've never thought of it that way before, but and I mean, it kind of makes sense because you one you know would would st- if you're stretch if you're like stretching out and it works then maybe you want to step further into that space mm-hmm. you yeah, know for the next batch the of stuff kind of like, go to where they're not as good right at it like it's like it's like they're gonna whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what do you say no I mean, like, it's like they're gonna put themselves in like a right. position where they're a little uncomfortable yeah yeah and then it's you know it's that thing of anyone that's trying to progress they want to they're always going to feel a little uncomfortable like they're they're like they have to try yeah it's like that's what's going to kind of like muscle through that's interesting yeah when when you write songs do you feel could say we say we took an album put it in front of you could you I know you you talked about uh, sequencing being really big, but could you look at an album and say like I wrote that song before I wrote this song? Yes, and that and I, I'm wondering if that's it too is just sort of like all, all along just along evolutionary. the yeah evolutionary mm. is like the songs he writes later that and like the last song you write that ends up an album might uh, might uh, indicate resemble yeah the the ne- the first song on the next album as opposed to the first song on that album right just that, just that way that makes sense unless you then wind up with a body of songs that are from you know like a, a, a broader period of time that mm. wind up sequencing in such a way yeah. that they don't chronologically map like that but but I think that conceptually you're t- you're really onto something because I mean look I, like I have broad tastes as I think we all mm-hmm. do and um, uh, one of the things one of the cool freedoms about um, free like releasing myself from a band context once I was able to actually embrace that a little bit is that like you had all the power. not really any expectations you, you know like, all yeah. the power you yeah. finally wanted I, <laughs> <laughs> why is he staring um, at us when he says that? Pull, the, <laughs> pull the puppet strings yeah. <laughs> um, no but the I feel like it gave me a little bit uh, whether I had this freedom or not beforehand, uh, you know, I'm sure I didn't recognize. But like yeah. being able to, um, being able to embrace the idea that like, oh, I can, you know, I can bring more of this 
thing that I like. I can bring more like sixties R and B that I like, like into into what I'm doing. I can bring more um, yeah. like Celtic or Ethiopian, you know, guitar work like into what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and it because it doesn't really have this band identity, mm-hmm. even though it kind of does at this yeah. point. Like yeah. retaining my own name with it, like I can at least go like, hey. You know, it's just my idea. Wasn't yeah, anybody it's me. Else? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, my, yeah. it's me. It's yeah. me. It's like, you know, like it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. My my friend, my friend Donald, uh, who I bring up on this podcast a lot because he's I've known since I was fine. We we got into pop, uh, punk together. Like he's you know he's the reason I know about you and Chisel and everything, uh, and, and so much of the stuff that I you know grew up um, loving. And um, he said there's this this thing that he noticed in music right now where, you know, bands that like should just like. Like if they feel like doing like pushing themselves into a new sound, um, they don't do it as a band. They like guys will start their other little bands. Oh, they'll, wow. they'll be like, uh, and he, like I guess the only band that I can think it's like it's you just see side projects all the time now. It seems yeah. like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of just trying to spin plates. And he says like it used to be like it's like you know a band would like together develop their sound. Right. Um, yeah. Change started, over time. Yeah. Sure, exactly. You know, but yeah. he knows this is like oh if they feel like they want to do something that's more like pop derivative or you know electronic they'll just start a new thing like he mm. says it doesn't happen as much as a unit uh, and I think the only thing the only band that for better or worse that's like done that that in that just completely as a group changes consistently is uh, the band Ceremony where right. it's like yeah, the yeah, way they sure. started compared to where they're at now is insane yeah they're like a power violence band initially yeah. you know and, and now yeah. it's like just like you know Joy Division B-sides and <laughs> like and then I don't know they kind of I, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, I listen to it and it's not my thing. That's not why I got into them. It's almost like sometimes where you think about like a shop. Mm-hmm. It's like I go to that store, like with the Weaker Thans, they pretty much, and they're one of my favorite bands, but they put out the same album pretty consistently, right? Like over the course of their career. Uh, but I went to that store for that, yeah, that stuff that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pushed it a little bit here and there, but it was still like, oh, new selection, but like, I right. like it. And I think there's um, there's something to that as well, which you've done really well. Which it's like you know if someone listens to Tyranny of Distance and the Hanged Man, like it's a uh, a Hanged Man, the the Hanged Man, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, like it's like it's a it's a different shop, uh, but over time, yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh-huh. still some stuff that you used to have, right. but it's like right. a whole new. Right. Thing. Yeah, we keep that section of the dusty yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. cat food cans are still the same. <laughs> yeah. People know, still thing. come in for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think that's that's um I see both sides of the thing. I mean obviously, you know, no one well you don't want to repeat yourself at the same time, like if you like what you're doing or if you have a, a mode of expression that you're comfortable with, you know, you wanna work with that. And um you know, regarding ceremony, it, it is um, interesting because I thought that it was particularly bold of them mm-hmm. to go as far as they did into where they went over the course of only like three albums or something. Yeah, right? it was pretty pretty big jumps. Um, and I like you know I res- I really respect that. Yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Um, for me, I think you would have to look at like the earlier years of me playing music to see that kind of progression. Like if you look at it from Citizens Arrests, like say starting in 1988 to um, let's say when Chisel started actually recording records in like 93 or something mm-hmm. like that is a pretty big change over the course of five years. Yeah. But I was also 
you know, young and actively seeking my voice, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't at a time where, like, now bands, younger bands, they feel, I think they feel they have to just put stuff out consistently. Right, yeah, certainly didn't have to do that back then. Yeah, yeah. and so if, like, you're in a band, you're, like, having to write stuff all the time, you're going you're gonna to progress your sound faster if you are going to progress it at all. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, like, sometimes I, sometimes I worry that I get into too much of a rut, and I... Um, you know the way out of that is, is to just is to just um, challenge yourself to mm-hmm. to to try something different for the for the from Hearts of Oak, I would say, you know, through the Brutalist Bricks, we were on tour so much all the time, or really from the Tyranny Distance, like through yeah. the Brutalist Bricks, on the road every year, all year, all the time, and. As far as some things on, say, like living with the living, you know, swing, um, most of the most of those four records, like you would you would know it's the same band, you know, yeah. you would know it's it's totally on the pharmacist from Hearts of Oak through Brutalist Bricks, and I think some of that's a function of um, the fact that we we were just so gelled as a live band that it yeah. affected how I wrote. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the tyranny distance, I'd been mostly a solo person, like out there on my dumb vision quest, you know, forever. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and so I, I was able to come back and make a weird pastoral, you know, whatever, you know, my version of Ram or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, but you had no temporary secretary. <laughs> that's <on it>. true. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, that's on McCartney. You're. Let's see. What would be a good analogy? Um, <laughs> I had no dog with three legs. There you go. Hey. Uh, but um, and then I think I experienced you know because there was such a gap in performance, not just like writing, but performance between the end of touring on Brutalist Bricks and you know finishing the Hanged Man. I was able to like slough off the uh, pupae. Yeah, stage of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like you're not thinking of like the the, the big rock and roll show anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. You got more time to digest. I yeah, would think. like just, it's not and, all and, no, to ch- no, no. and to actually challenge myself. You yeah. know, to actually yeah. to actually like. Um, and the listener, I feel like there was you know, when that came out, I listened to it, and someone asked me, "Is like, oh, how is it?" I and it was. It's rare that you know there's records that do this where like you either kind of go not my thing or you go it's great it's just like it's like you got to give me some time with it right which is like and those end end up being records that stick with you for a long time yeah i appreciate that yeah i'm 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 happy with that yeah (laughs) and that's it should do that because there should there should be and not for everything i mean but like there should be these things where you grow with an artist and you you know you follow their track and you're you're into what they're up to but you're also to be a like to be a fan, you can't just be a blind fan and go, yeah. it's great, or it's or I'm done. You got to like, you go, well, they haven't led me astray thus far, right? So maybe they they just jumped ahead to where I didn't expect or know or f- I feel comfortable with at this point, and so that's like, yeah, I'm that's that's where I was with it for a bit. Like I was just like I was like I don't know, <laughs> and that's a, that's an exciting thing to be. In, I'm glad that's like, I don't yeah. know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome actually, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, there's. There's definitely, you know, with The Hanged Man, I mean, there's stuff that um, is pretty in the wheelhouse, you know? Um, yeah. And... You sing real high. I sing real high on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I also sing real low on some stuff. <laughs> I guess that's the point, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but we're, I want to play that bottle of Bucky just because okay. it's great. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Hey, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do two on this one. Yeah, that was, I was thinking I was going to do that because I got a pee-pee. Ooh. 
Uh, and then, um, all right, so this is Bottle Buggy off of Living with the Living, formerly on Touch and Go Records. a city in a bubble. An actual bubble. It keeps the monsters out. Most of them, anyway. I never liked the look of movies on Blu-ray. For my money, Betamax is the superior format. I'm thinking of deleting Facebook and going back to MySpace. As far as beverages go, I'm just kind of over water. Though I guess at any given party, you're gonna meet some dudes like that. Even if you're not in the middle of a nightmarish wasteland. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble.
This is Mirror Universe Adam Pranica here to tell you not to listen to The Greatest Discovery on MaximumFun.org. This is Mirror Universe Ben Harrison uncharacteristically agreeing with you despite the fact that you are my enemy. The one thing that you must never do is enjoy our bit of off-season Star Trek Discovery programming where we talk about the first season of Star Trek Discovery while at the same time unpacking news and information about the upcoming season two. So do not tune in and download The Greatest Discovery on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And rate it one star on Apple Podcasts. This is my story. I've been all over the place I know that you haven't had much time to yourself Clapping. Yeah, we're really moving on. Okay, so we are here with uh, Ted Leo of Ted Leo slash Pharmacist, <laughs> and of course, Chisel and Ted Leo and the Pharmacist uh, and, and the both. Yeah, which do you prefer? The word and or the ampersand? Oh, at this point, at this point, 
Because you're under both on Apple Music. I know. My whole thing was always like, I don't care. And that got me in trouble because (laughs) graphically, I went with different things at different times. And then that wound up in the the indexing for stuff. Yeah. I guess the best way is to just say and the. the. Well, then there's also like, uh, you know, Will Oldham. It's like every record is like Bonnie Prince Billy or Palace Palace Brothers. And it's all the same. It's just... uh, can't get those scores up on the old. What's yeah. the thing where they track clout score? Uh, no, <laughs> it's no longer around, buddy. I know yeah. you had a rough, Fave you star. Had a rough week. Fave star. Uh, so we uh, we told uh, we tweeted out saying we're recording an episode tonight with one of our favorite musicians slash people. Hey, slash. Um, Ted Leo, have a question for Ted. Reply with it. Uh, Eric Solomon at Eric Hearts U uh, said, "Will you be my friend?" Uh, TBD. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. good because you don't want to piss him off. Because what if he is a good dude? That's right. Yeah. Or what if he's a murder dude? Could be a don't murder dude. Don't want to piss him off in either case. Yeah, just but you also a... don't want to bring him too close. That's true. In the one case, you know. Yeah, that's what I always have to. I always get that right. from uh, Deanna, my wife. Uh, where it's like uh, I remember I was in Bloomington, Indiana. You should be friends with your wife. I am friends with my wife. <laughs> I'm friends with your wife. Yeah, you're friends with my wife. I don't. No, no, no. I'm friendly with your wife. You're friendly with my <laughs> yeah. wife. Yeah, I am. Uh, but like. Uh, I, I was opening up for Doug Benson and uh, in Bloomington. I was like, hey, if anyone could take me to the the quarry from to Breaking swim, Away, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go and check it out because it's one of my favorite movies. And then some guy said, I'll take you. And he had like a broken leg. So I was like, it's like yeah, <laughs> it's going to watch me. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then I uh, told Deanna, I was like, yeah, this guy's taking me to the woods to go to the quarry. She's like, this guy? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got like, a broken leg. Yeah. Seems I was, cool. I was like, he has a cane. He has like a broken leg. She's like, haven't you ever seen The Vanishing? Like, the- <laughs> uh, I'm just talking about The Vanishing earlier tonight. Have you ever seen the uh, the Danish version? The original yeah, version? The, yeah, it's Dutch fucking good. Well, that's what I was saying. I actually was saying that it's the thing that turned me off on Slasher, like, or like, you know, <laughs> Oh, or like too real, too real. No, yes. too, no, but just too, too, too nothing but the darkness. You know, yeah. I just was like, it just, it just really turned a thing in my head. And now actually, we talk, are we talking about the which version? The Dutch or Danish yeah, version, the nineties yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, um, but it was so funny at the same time. The Chisel song, "Privileged and Impotent." Interesting. Like you might be interested to know, comes from my viewing of that movie. No way! Wow. Because oh, I was just shit. like, I really was just like. This is your legacy. Like this is this is it fucked me up, man. Wow. Like it really. I, and I'm not like I've certainly went through phases of being, you know, I like into slasher movies. You know, all the yeah. trauma stuff, and I spit on your grave and everything. You know, I like, mean, those, that's like schlock. This is like a well done, thoughtful piece on a guy that takes his time meticulously to kidnap and murder somebody. Well, yeah, murder him. but it just ends. But it's just like that's it, you know. And like, yeah, well, I just that's was what the like, American remake like gives you an ending. I didn't see the American remake. It's not so bad, right. but it's like. It's more, uh, it's so the, the Danish version, yeah. I hope we're getting this right, uh, is like it follows the guy who does the crime. Uh, but the American version with, I think it's Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, it follows the dad. Like it follows, yeah. Right. It follows, or is the husband. Mm-hmm. It follows like the guy that's like, oh, I don't know where my wife husband, is. Right, yeah. And then some <laughs> girl starts helping him out. And, um, but then like, you know, they, uh, yeah. spoiler alert. And I mean, I know that I'm sounding very like, you know, Pollyannish and whatever saying this, but there was just something about, the way that that movie hit me at the time that I, it, it was, it was just very, it was, it messed me up. It was very de- depressing to me. I yeah. Just, it, know, it's, and, it's very bleak and it's, yeah. um, it's just got, there's certain movies like that. French Dutch, French Dutch, French Dutch, French Dutch. That from 88. Yeah, yeah. Um, the old French Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the turnpike they were on when she gets kidnapped. Um, but there is a, 
like a, what's it? I'm trying to think of the one like Funny Games or is it Funny Games the Hanky movie? Or, no, the the it? Funny Games was the one that was in Swedish and then they remade yeah, it. Remade it, it, it was no, that's but it was the same director. No, that's that was Funny Games. Yeah, it was Funny Games. What was the one with the people with the mask outside the house? What's the they're not doing anything? That's Funny right. Games. That's Funny Games. No, Funny You're Games. You're thinking they go let in. the right one in? No, no that's, a, that's a vampire movie from Sweden. The funny Games. Yeah. Yeah. The right and then they made an English version. That's called Let Me In. Deanna always has the best joke about it. She's like. So, you know, the original version, let the right one in, a cautionary tale, mm-hmm. you know, don't let the vampire in. And then uh, you can't get more of an American remake than Changing Towns. Let me in! <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the movie where Marky Mark was like, let me in a fucking house? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that, was, that featured some, some finger yes, uh, blasting, spoon, banging, yeah. depending on your... your, your what uh, was that one called? I don't prefer either. Um, uh, it's an know. East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. Um, let me in the house! And he was uh, like, that was it from the perspective of like the people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was real young. It was like his, on a roller his, coaster. his departure uh, from teen yeah. Uh, stardom. Yeah. Yeah, it was like something dumb like The Boyfriend or something. <laughs> yeah. Boy Next Door? No, that's not it. Uh, Jesse David Fox. Ooh. Okay. You got a guy from the AV Club coming in here. Nice. Oh, boy. Uh, what does he think about the fake retiring post he did to promote the bottled in cork music video now? Are there songs he never covered because they would be too obviously Ted Leo-y, i.e. Age of Consent? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, uh, it in, was Fear, guys. Sorry. Fear. fear. That's right. Fear, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in two parts, um, what do I think of the fake retirement post to promote the uh, Bottle and Cork video? Which was I a mean, direct assault on, <laughs> on Green Day. In a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. But it, it was more just use, I was using that mm-hmm. as a device, you know. Um, what I think about it now is that I think it was really funny. And I think yes, that, yeah, like, yeah it's very funny. Great. I think that I'm glad that I that I did it, and I hope that it didn't traumatize too many people. Well, it's but, also you know, like, like it's like even though you are very funny, and also your live shows, like you destroy. Like it's like <laughs> I used to tell people, it's like it's like I'm going to see Telly on the Farmers play because it's half half punk rock, half comedy show. <laughs> Um, also, I, I'd say uh, that Tegan and Sarah are pretty high up, like close yes. to your caliber, because that's like a comedy duo. Right there. Oh my god, yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're very funny. Uh, I don't have any like the timing is bad on my stage. It's good on their stage. <laughs> but they got the duo thing going on. They're like that's the right. Sklars. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, both say the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's why you don't go to Windsor. <laughs> that's my only. That's a Canadian reference I could think of. Um, but uh, so, what was the other part? Are uh, there any other things you wouldn't? Uh, well, I I do feel like that question was asked though in a way that implies that I should feel bad about it. Do you get that from? I me? don't know. I think he. Jesse is a funny guy. Yeah, he's a okay. really good dude. Um, great writer. Because I, I would understand if someone was like, it made me really sad. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I, you I know, think I missed that part. I think I just remember seeing the video. I, 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 like the video debuted on like I don't know. Let's let's pretend it was a Monday. Yeah. And on a Friday, I wrote a really long blog post about. It was, I mean, ninety percent of it was was sort of true, which is, I think, why it, it maybe so still is bothering people. But about you know, all the stuff I'd been through in my life and music and what it's led me to, and then what I said ultimately what it has led me to is that I wanted to make a move to musical theater. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, this video directed by Sharpling. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who remains to be. Like one of the meanest, sweetest guys I've ever known in my life. <laughs> you stole his beer once, man. I You're did. never gonna get over it. Yeah, That's true. That, we you go Wait, back. Hold and, on, hold on, back. Cash. I got something coming. 
No comment. No comment. Right. Uh, Sharpling alienating people once again. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on, next one. Uh, this is from uh, G3. Oh, I'm sorry. Just to answer the second part oh, of the question. Yeah, sorry. Really yeah, the, yeah. the cover thing. Um, uh, I, I, that's an interesting question about whether a song would be too me-y. Um, but I bet, and I can't say that I have avoided a cover that I wanted to do because it was, it sounded too much like me. Yeah. But there's probably stuff that I would never, that I would never consider covering because it would reveal too many of my sources. Ooh. Oh. So you're not going to do like. Felicity. Like how Harmar is currently on his Sam Cooke tour. Right. You're not going to do a, a Thin Lizzy tour. Right. Or like a Paul Weller. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. Um, so. Uh, uh, cell, phone, cell phone. S- cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone. That's right. Says, no question. Just want to thank him for kindness. Oh. He's been my favorite musician. He's been one of my favorite musicians since high school. Last year, I had a life-changing spinal cord injury. And after a friend reached out to him, he put me on the guest list for a sold-out show. His bandmate gave me a bunch of free merch too. That's very nice. Yes. Uh, so we'll Love be getting a hold of you for the bill for that. You're <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sweet. Thank you. Um, Ethan Sapir, Eon997 says, What were your favorite bands in DC when you lived there? Uh, well, I mean, I guess they're technically a Baltimore band, but or a Balmer band, but um yeah, I, I, nice. I uh, Lungfish was always one of my Ooh, favorite bands. Nice. Um, the Warmers who I mentioned previously were mm-hmm. like a, an amazing weird bomb of a revelation of you know exploded angular music um bef- you know before that kind of before people started revisiting gang of four and all yeah, that yeah, in, yeah, a, yeah. In, a, in a way um which was a huge thing like starting in like 2001 yeah i'd say like because it was like q and not you and uh moving units and mm-hmm. every yeah, every review was like angular guitars right, exactly yeah, yeah yeah um there were there were a number of sort of like non you know non discord like non marquee, uh, and you're allowed to listen to non discord bands in DC. You are, you are okay. believe it or not. I just wasn't in fact, sure. It's encouraged. You wouldn't think. <laughs> well, you have but, you to know. you have to either start or finish listening to it outside the DC. <laughs> you, 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 it, yeah, it's going to be it. You yeah. got to get on the Bellway. Yeah, yeah. Just keep I'm keep cruising around. Um, but there were uh, there were some bands like uh, of of. Um, people who were who were younger than me, you know, by a by a punk generation for sure, if yeah. not, you know, more, um, who were doing some really really interesting stuff. Like uh, the, the one, the the two that that really come to mind um, are this band called the Metamatics, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a band called uh, Meltdown, who just made this like crazy. Hate the name. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, maybe they were. No, you're the meltdown too. The meltdown. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. They might have I think they were just meltdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh, you know, they made this like just crazy scronk, like jazz calliope with guitars punk that was really, really interesting. And the and the metamatics uh were a little more um uh interestingly uh, rhythmic um and uh Noisy and soulful and nice. really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, some. There was a, such great noisy music in the late '90s, early 2000s. Like, Arabon Radar mm-hmm. um, was like. It's like I remember at the time, like I was just like I was like because uh, I was listening to like just such poppy stuff. But then I came around on how noisy it was. And Power Vance was such a great 
like you know, like really hitting its fucking stride yeah. during that time too with Charles Bronson and Spaz and everybody like that. But yeah. so living in DC, you see uh, a bunch of Go Go stuff too. Was that part of the scene? That was early '80s though, right? No, it was still going on. No, yeah, oh, okay. Go Go's yeah, never Go-Go, really it, gone away. Go Go still happens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, Go Go is in the air. There, it really yeah. is. Um, I mean, you know. Uh, I would say that in the 90s, in the 80s, and I was not in DC at the time, but you know there was actual cross pollination, like with the hardcore scene. Not so much in the 90s, yeah. um, but um, but uh, I think it did. You know, I think it did start happening again um, in the 2000s, and um, there was you were always running into to go go people around. Like I remember one time playing this. Um, you know, like cities have their like. Uh, not the Lollapaloozas, but the like Taste of Chicago. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. The, those kind of things. So there was, I think it was actually Taste of DC, you know, yeah. or something. And uh, Chisel was playing it, and this guy, this um, cop, came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "Hey, man, you know, that was really good. Like, I liked what you." And he started talking about, "Did you up the punks and punch that fucking pig in the face, <laughs> or did you sell out, you fucking cuck?" Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, justified questions um, but he was he started talking to me about music in a way that was you know like beyond what I knew about music you know I was like I did that you know and yeah. um, and uh, I, so eventually I was like you're obviously a musician and he was like yeah yeah I used to be in Trouble Funk no way oh. <laughs> that's crazy you know, he was like yeah yeah you know like when the band you know like you know we wrote for a while and then when the, when the band stopped I just had to get a real job you know? fuck <laughs> so, yeah. that's crazy yeah I was, wow. There was um, guys in bands getting into uh, becoming cops. Like uh, I only know two instances. There was um, someone in the in the Bay Area scene, the East Bay scene, because I remember they used to have an article in Probe Zine, uh, like that would have like like it would just sort of like ask a cop, and it was just this guy that was in punk bands, and he became a cop. And then there was um, I, I used to know the story better, but like it was like a, maybe one of the first Alkaline Trio. Um, uh, records has a song like why did you become a cop and it's just like I guess a friend of theirs was just like I got nothing to do I have a kid coming mm-hmm. and he became a cop and it was just like these punks going like why like, right. don't do the one thing but it was like I guess his dad was a cop so it was just uh-huh. like an easy yeah. end for him yeah. well Legacy. you want the thing is you want cool cops I guess you want cool cops yeah I mean, if you have to have remember cops that story about yeah. the New York City like hipster cop remember yeah, him yeah, from uh, cop, there was yeah. Occupy Wall Street but he was like a prick yeah. ultimately he just dressed yeah, he just yeah, happened hip, to look you know, hip. And that's yeah. always... He just had, like, weird jackets. That's I remember when they yeah. threw out Zuccotti Park, he was right in there. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Of fucking course. <laughs> um, anyway, here we... Uh, he, was just hoping, he was, like, hoping to do something bad. He was like, God, I hope they put me on the desk... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I just want to be on the desk job. <laughs> well, you you have to admit his gas mask had the coolest leather like. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is uh, a so World War One. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of like a, uh, an old Nazi biker mask, helmet. Yeah. yeah, found in the Ardennes forest on the. Uh, <laughs> tweets Van Zant at Jersey Lightning says when he was recording Tyranny of Distance, did he know it was special? Because it's for me anyway, the best one he's made. It's both diverse in sound and completely unified by his point of view. It's singular. And then he follows it up right away. Also, I legit love all his records. I don't want to demean his amazing career by only talking about a 20-year-old record. It's just my fave. It was my intro to him, and so it's special. No other record of his has the advantage of being new. No, that I very... And that's incredible. That's an incredible follow-up. Yeah. Absolutely, because that really nails it, right? I mean, like yeah. we all have that. I never get mad when people tell me that Tyranny or some older album is their favorite. I think it's bullshit because I, lo- I love Tyranny of Distance, but you've... Like you've 
like just gone way past it every no. single time. <laughs> I appreciate that, but not every but, single time. But, I'll let you know later. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you know, you a favorite by definition is only one, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And so I don't, you know, I don't begrudge people having an earlier record as as their favorite because it has so much to do with what's going on with you when you encounter it. You know, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, let's just talk about Thin Lizzy, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they made a lot of great records. First Thin Lizzy record is my favorite and it's oh, yeah. arguably one of their sloppiest and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, not like, you know, but, but I think, you know, it's, it, it, it does have that weird magic of being like somebody trying something yeah. and like, Oh my God! Succeeding, you yeah. Know, like, yeah. and and, uh, and I, I feel like that about tyranny a little bit. I mean, we, we that was. Um, can I do? You want me, can I talk about making that a little bit? Of course, like, yeah. Literally, why, why we are here? Yeah. That's right. So we can keep on going. We can make this a two fucking parter. <laughs> I'd I'd left DC for a while and I'd lived in Boston for a few years and and I moved back for about a year. Was it to get back to your Irish roots? <laughs> it's to, oh, the Potomac. <laughs> Keep on rolling. want to get out of Boston so you can get back to your Irish roots. Oh, my <laughs> no, Irish roots in DC. Oh, okay. Went to Boston to get back to Irish roots. Right. Yeah, I said, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant going back to DC to get back to my Irish roots. Oh, I'm sorry. You, no, you said you went to Boston? I lived in Boston for a while and then I moved back oh, to DC. Oh, back to. Sorry. Yeah. <coughs> Neither right. place of which I'm from, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but um, when I moved back to DC, um, I was. You know, I had no band and I was. Um, I actually had just been in a band called The Sin Eaters with my younger brother Danny, which um, coincidentally, or not coincidentally, Zeitgeist um for the like late 90s was very much back to like noisy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just started, I went back to listening to just like Crass and the Proletariat and the Subhumans, you know, and yeah. like, that was kind of what we were, what we were doing as a band. Um, and then I came out of that and I was like, all right, I got all these other kinds of songs that I want to do something with. So you like you were like you got real pop and mod and with the chisel stuff and then you like you took a huge jump back and it was just like it's like I want to get back to just making fucking noisy punk yeah and um and how old are you when chisel's done uh twenty seven twenty seven so you're still young and like you still like thank you for saying that yeah well it's a you know <laughs> you you get back to you go back you go to D C just to hang out what was there was there a plan not really um it was a lot cheaper than new york <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. and i still had you know lots of friends down there and um uh i you know i was i don't even remember what i was doing what did i do for work back then i had great jobs in dc i have to say you probably but, worked like two days a week and because you had like you know 75 dollars a month for <laughs> rent it was because it was a glorious time being young it was not not a bad time in, in that regard for yeah. sure but um <laughs> But uh, oh, maybe I went back to work at CBS News. I worked at CBS News a lot in those. It was like a punk job that was kind of handed down. Oh, um, nice. It was good pay, and you know, you basically just like it was a sort of a glorified courier job that mm-hmm. when somebody would go on tour, they would recruit someone else to you know. And we sort oh, of perfect. all shared, yeah. shared these jobs around. And um, anyway, but um, you know, I had this other batch of songs that were more what I wanted to be writing, which were like, you know, sort of punk, but more like pastoral and influenced by a lot of different things and mm-hmm. et cetera. And I was like, who's the one weirdo in DC who is musically going to understand exactly what I'm doing? It's like, Brendan fucking Canton. Yeah. You know, 
not just drummer from Fugazi, but yeah. like, you know, from from uh, every other band, like the Brief Weeds, you know, like weird, yeah. like psychedelic pop stuff. And all the conversations that he and I had about music over the years, I was like, you know, I need, like, I can't do this. I can't iterate this myself. Like, I need somebody to help me. I need a drummer that has a bell right. to set. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and who's not afraid to, like, you know, um, to to reference the things that I was referencing and also who would like get get mm. things like yeah. what I would say if I would say like you know I want the I want it to be like a flaming groovies shake some action kind of drum sound you yeah know? he would know exactly what I was talking about and we have the do same it. language yeah, you got exactly. that short yeah yeah, yeah yeah and um and so we uh Trans Am had their studio in DC at the time and yeah. and uh you know we we booked a week and um basically just like lived in the studio and got like super drunk every night and every night ended with us doing things like all right let's let's you know let's let's change this around like let's not <laughs> let's not start bringing things up like let's put everything up and go like <laughs> what's too loud you know yeah. start bringing things down you know and it was Whoa. just a, it, it it it's i'm glad that person feels that it was special because in my life it was actually a special time it was like one of the only weeks of my life honestly that like i've ever felt like there's no pressure on anything that yeah. I'm doing. We can just truly like create something here, you know, and and just make what we want to make. And the the opening that dee doo dee doo doo is that was that something you had already in the song from like when it was you already in the, the song. Real, the real? I wanted to end the record with that song. Really, I to start it's such the song. a good intro song. Thanks, but I always think of it as a finale, and we use it live that way usually. You know, fuck, are you kidding? Yeah, me? no, and I wanted to start. But it, it with, just builds. The whole thing is building. It's I know. a great intro song. You're wrong, Ted Leo. Well, well, no, it's good as a finale live because everyone's because waiting you, for it. Uh huh. Yeah, it's yeah. When he's when he when he played it, yeah, um, the other night, I was sitting by the bar. And I didn't know anyone around me, but when he started playing it, uh, I went, "Oh fuck!" Um, <laughs> yeah. And like everyone around me <laughs> looked at me because it's a, it starts off quiet. Yeah, it's and so, quiet. And I was just like, I didn't expect you. Like you know, just I was like, "Oh fuck!" And everyone, and then someone, I was just like, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." And everyone was like, "It's okay, we're all excited." <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Brendan convinced convinced me to put it first. Well, so yeah, I that's why I needed him. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have that outside influence. You got another question there? I get. I do have a question. I kind of want to uh, add to it uh, or, or modify it. Uh, Hyperlex, uh, Hyperlexic asks, "What song do people misunderstand most often? What's the intended meaning for the song?" I want to. I want to amend it to say mm. like, "What ha, what song have you you written that you have been surprised by people's interpretation from it? Do people ever come up to you and like, I love this song. It's about this,' and you're mm. like, that is not what I intended at all.' Yeah, I've done that to Sean Cole." From Toys That Kill is a really embarrassing moment yeah. in my life. I thought life. you were going to say Sean Colvin. No, no. <laughs> you have a really specific relationship to Sonny Came Home. Yeah. <laughs> it's about Sonny Barger. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, all. I, I knew it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't really know. I. I can only think of one instance. In which I, I've had people mishear lyrics before but that's usually not a big thing it's just like oh no no i'm saying this you know and then they yeah. go oh okay you know and the, the conversation's over but i've i've only really had one time knickers when... for a knife <laughs> i'm sorry i thought we were talking about lyrics that might have been misunderstood <laughs> when you first heard them 
Um, that actually is the one. That yeah. I, I misheard a couple of times. Everyone's like, he's doing like an Elvis Costello thing right. with that? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, yeah. It, it, that actually, all. in that particular way, only happened once. And I, I was just like, why? Why would you not give me the benefit of the doubt on that? And they're like, you know, that, that's not what it says. You know, yeah. Um, but what, what else am I doing that made you think right. that? Um, but um, uh, the one other time that I could think of was on Tyranny of Distance. There's a song, Saint John the Divine, which is about dealing with depression, and um, and it's like, duh, it's like Saint John's Wart, you know, mm. like it was something that I had first discovered at that point in time, you know. Um. But I remember sitting at the bar at the Middle East in Boston one time before we were playing upstairs there. And uh, I was alone. I was having a drink and probably eating some food. And this guy came up to me. He's like, hey, can I you know, sit down and talk to you for a minute? And I was like, sure, man. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. Yeah, friend. And, and, um, and he, he was, I mean, I, I don't say this, you know, disparagingly he was very sweet and i i kind of feel bad about the way that it ended um because i wanted to talk to him more about this but he got embarrassed because of his oh. misinterpretation of uh. it oh wow um because he he actually said to me like um so you know really like saint john the divine he's like when was it that you really like accepted oh. christ yeah, you got into oh, your wow. life oh. and i had to be like oh buddy yeah <laughs> Uh, that's not what it's about. And in fact, yeah. oh. I have some I have some bummer things to tell you about how I feel about yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, that was a rough one. That's a rough I think one. I, might have, yeah. I think I might know who that guy was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, someone said, uh, uh, Mexicano, uh, Ozzy MV, says, what's it like knowing that Hearts of Oak not only is the best album ever made, but to somehow... Top that with shake the sheets. <laughs> uh, That's very fun. That's kind of yeah. a nice take on what that guy said earlier. Right. Um, does he think our current political climate more closely parallels the fall of Gondolin or the fall of Numenor? Oh wow, that is a really good question. I mean, I don't know what either of those things. Well, are. I, I can what answer that easily. Yes, I mean, got, you know, the fall of Numenor was all about um, uh, you know man's hubris and uh and um man's desire for more power and signing on uh in the, then in the second age with um with uh Sauron's program mm -hmm. uh um the fall of Gondolin was a different story entirely i mean that was about uh the more, the more sort of epic struggle between good and evil and honestly like most of Beleriand was lost at that point anyway Gondolin was like the last kingdom hanging on there are certain certainly stories of elf betrayal sure in there but as far as Numenor goes I think that more much more closely maps to our current until you said situation. elf I thought you were talking about like real historical events yeah, fucking <laughs> stories of elf behavior yeah, there was a, there was is a bunch your of next tells. album title by the <laughs> there way was a ton of elf like yeah anyway um, I just don't uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know a lot here's one here, TV yellow Les Paul Jr. or Maui blue Telecaster uh, I'm, I mean, I play 335, so I'll go to the Les Paul Jr. Okay, that was Lou G. said that. Uh, at Zach Mylander says, any good Elvis Costello stories? Never met the dude. All right, that's a great <laughs> we have story. A lot of, we have some mutual friends, but uh, they haven't resulted in any good stories for me yet. At Alex Cruz Design, has he ever considered a career as a stand-up? His stage banter is absolutely top-notch. Agreed. Thank you, but no. 
Um, you always have a song you can go into. That's, that's right. That's what makes you so confident I mean, when you're fucking yeah. tooting around that's out right, there exactly. with jokes. No, I'll remember, tell you. Yeah. Oh, no. Please, go ahead. I, remember, I, was at, I saw you at the El Rey. It was yeah. you and the Donnas. Uh, and I remember just like that's I was probably uh, that was probably 2005 yeah, or six, somewhere around there. And I remember, you know, I was in the middle of like you know really making a go at it in the comedy career. Uh, and I remember just being like kind of like pissed at you and jealous because you were destroying the crowd. But you, like, and then I remember there was like one like jug you said something and it didn't really. You're like anyway, and like, and like <laughs> you know, a song. And I was like yeah, like I was like Bleh, fuck. That is 100. You just nailed it. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> always fall back. Just you got the next song. To play, yeah. You know? yeah. It's but like you're I mean, wearing a jetpack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is funny. I mean, I, I've done a lot of public speaking. Um, and, and I actually, in, in New York, um, in the earlier part of this decade, before everybody fucking moved to LA, it's been, it's been um, real fun. I know. Um, you, you get know, new friends every couple of years. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I actually did like I guest hosted a couple of comedy shows, you know, and you, you got to do a little bit, you know, yeah, you make yeah. the intros funny and do a couple of things. And it, it took me a while to get comfortable with that. Um, for years, I realized like even if you're not going to play a song, like what a shield ha- just having a guitar slung around yeah. you is, because oh, yeah. it recontextualizes you. Oh, you know? yeah. totally. Like no one's you walk out on stage with a guitar, and if you say something halfway funny. You get so much more latitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, it was like Galifianakis with like the piano. Like some of the jokes weren't very good, but he can like right. crescendo on the piano, yeah, and then right. all of a sudden you're like, well, that's like it was supposed to be done because he knew. And then uh, <laughs> here's a uh, at mates follow day. I'm sorry, E N B E. It's very common. Thank him for standing up for me over the years in Twitterland when I'd vent about being a woman who sells records, arguing with people about a lot of BS, but specifically how he is not the lead singer of the Thermals. Also, <laughs> only person I followed who noticed go-betweens ref. And if it comes up, if it's only about music, which it never really is, thank you, I'd ask him to talk about his perspectives on coping with all this shit. Mm, all this shit in caps, right? I mean, no, not, 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 no, 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 I don't mean in her tweet, I mean in general. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah, well, um, I think that was a complimentary, um, Comparison to Hutch Harris from the Thermals. I think yeah, yeah you're both yeah. like skinny white guys, <laughs> right? Skinny white guys, write some melodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, I do actually really love Hutch though. I think he's a, I think he's a great and funny past, guy. Past guest, yeah. he sat right where you were sitting. Right. Yes, well, right. a little further in. Great, great musician. <laughs> um, um, as far as coping with all this shit goes, uh, you know, um, I think it's. I'll lean on exactly what uh, that tweet led off with, which is about like, thank you for standing up for me in Twitter world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of activism that needs to happen. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but we have to be able to uh, walk and chew gum at the same time so that while we're thinking of, of things in a macro sense in terms of voting and changing the direction of the, of the <clears throat> ship of, state and whatever Mm -hmm. um uh i mean we're seeing it in the last couple of weeks with what's being revealed about what's happening at the at the borders and the separation of children etc like there there are literal immediate consequences for people within our immediate communities Mm -hmm. and it's you know um you you have to you have you have to sometimes start with the people who are literally closest to you and just check in on them help them and um 
again, like hope that there's some ripple effect and that other doors, other paths open for you to, you know, yeah, like you know, ways. look to the person to the left and right of you, see if mm-hmm. they need help, and do your best. To yeah. and, 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 and spread that around face to face. Whether it's you know going to a show or or just talking to people is always going to be more powerful than Twitter. And don't forget that when you get overwhelmed with Twitter, go outside, go see a show, go <laughs> talk to talk to somebody in your real life, and you'll realize uh, the bastards are out there, but uh, yeah. they're not all around you. Yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. always listen to political gabfest. Listen yeah. to yeah. radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got I got one, and yeah. we already got a hint about this. Are there any more the both collaborations in the works? It's the PB and Nutella sandwich of music to me, still in heavy rotation. Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, PB, PB and Nutella. Peanut butter oh, and Nutella. I've never tried that. Have you guys oh, tried it's that? delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Like, too much. Yeah, it's that's too like much. rich. Yeah, yeah, like you got to do like Nutella and jelly, right? Like no, uh, Nutella. I think there, just Nutella on bread. Is Nutella fine. is a little more chocolatey, though hazelnut based. You're right, but it's like if you do that with <laughs> peanut butter, that's like you're doubling up on the. It's, it's double nuts on the Have weird. You never, you never. They ate weird a, pretend like pretend like it's not frosting <laughs> condiment. <laughs> you never ate a, an almond and a cashew at the same time. That's a no. mixed nut. No, that's a I mean, nut. is that a mixed nut sandwich? That's the best that's milk. Peanut- that's almond and cashew. <laughs> right. um, let's do some. Uh, let's do like lightning round. What's, right. what's Ted's lightning biggest round. non-music influence or inspiration? Uh, book, movie, cause. What's uh, the thing that like you think about the most uh, outside of music? What do you like? Uh, um, uh, uh, news. <laughs> if, if you ran away and joined the circus, what act would you perform? Uh. I I would want to be a, a trapeze artist probably. Hey, do um, you look like a bitch? Yes. All right. Fish Face Steve says, "What's your take on folk punk? Is Ted Leo secretly or overtly folk punk?" Oh my god, this is the thing, man. <laughs> I know this. I know this tweet's a joke, but like, what? I you know I got I got you know what this is about. I'm gonna say this right now. Here we go. He's about to take down the young Break pioneers. <laughs> <laughs> um. I got a tweet uh, before the last album came out by somebody who was in all caps. It said, literally all caps, <laughs> at Ted Leo, I need to know, is this next album going to be folk or is it going to be punk? Jesus. And it might have had something to do with the, you know, with having gone through the both situation, yeah. which by the way, just to answer that question, yes, we're still work, we're writing stuff and there'll be another both thing. Awesome. Um, but um, that was for me. But, uh, the the what made me just so angry about it is that I was like when have I ever like first of all fuck you <laughs> like it is what, it's gonna be what it's gonna be you don't have to like it Bill you know, Tech yeah. and, Bill Tech and make that a thing yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to like it like yeah. if you don't like it that's fine that's your prerogative um, the other thing though is that like I was about to say, when have I ever given you in any indication that like it wouldn't be a punk record? Yeah. But yeah. then just as I was saying that right now, I actually was like, maybe I should just make a folk record. That would be <laughs> that would be pretty good. You could you could do folk covers of your own songs. Right. You could sure. do what uh, Jeffrey Lewis did with those crass songs. That's right. And you could <laughs> just do that with your own songs. Um, biggest influence of the past five years. Ooh, uh, musically. Uh, it just says just influence. Biggest influence of the past five years biggest inf- influence while you say that cupcake anarchy says no questions just want to say this is fantastic oh that's nice influence influence it's probably the new star wars movies right <laughs> <laughs> the way paul f tompkins wears his top hat right <laughs> well uh 
you know what can, you know what though i'm bringing up paul is um is i think this probably feeds into what i would say is the biggest influence of the past five years and maybe 10 and that is like um comedians like yourselves and and everything because uh i'd also like i'd gotten into a little bit of a place after we finished touring on the brutalist bricks um, where I didn't know what I was going to do. Like the band really just wasn't doing very well. Like our situation with Matador was in the, in the garbage can and, um, you d- weren't really selling records, weren't really selling tickets. And, um, and it was back in this time when like New York comedy had this, like this like couple of years, like real resurgence of a lot of really exciting stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And people just started asking me to guest a lot on stuff and going to all these shows and seeing people, you know, come up, like do their set. And then, you know, I would go up and be like, yeah, that's great. You know, you want to get a drink? Be like, no, I got to go do another set at the blah, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, shit. Like, you know, if you're, if you're like light and lean, like you can just say yes to stuff. You yeah. can just start yeah. saying yes to stuff again. And, and move like a shark. And I started playing solo a lot again. And I just started saying yes to a lot more things. And it brought me a lot more happiness. Like just doing more things, meeting more people. And I saw staying you active. solo a, a, a few times. And it's, it was great. I think one of the times Neil and I went, uh, was it, were you solo when you played The Smell? I think it was like an FYF. Uh, oh, yeah. That was with band. That, oh, that was, was with the band. band. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also fucked up played. That's as well, I think. That was a crazy show. Jeff the Brotherhood fucked up. Double yeah. S666. That's right, man. It was so hot because yeah. it was a daytime yeah. show, right? I remember that. God, and that was like right when you got back from your honeymoon. Yeah. I was leave so- to go to Ikea. That's right. <laughs> I remember being <laughs> yeah. like, why? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and then, um, shit, I'm trying to remember the times I've seen you do solo. Maybe it was, no, you had a band at the Eagle Rock Center for the Arts. No, that was solo. That was solo. Uh, that was yeah, solo. Yeah, yeah. All right. That was solo, yeah. That's right. And that was a whole night. That was a whole night. And I performed that night. That's I had right. a broken arm. You did. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like when I was doing the Jonah's arcade pilot, yeah. and they made me shave my face, change my glasses, oh, and yeah. like not wear plaid shirts, and I was having like a mental breakdown of like, who am I then? Oh, my God. If I'm not like, a costume. Well, turns out you were the guy with the broken arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Which we we met, I, mean, I think we met that night. Yes. I don't think we'd met before. No, we had never met. But, I'd just been to your shows before, but uh, yeah, that was the night we met. Uh, and that was that was a fun night. It was, that was, was a real fun a night. Weird but fun night. Yes, yeah. That place. <laughs> I love the venue and the location. I don't like the sound. Can I tell you a brief little story about early? Because I played two shows there that day. Oh, I played a children's show earlier in the day before our our like variety show evening. You know, yeah. And um, I somebody brought a confetti cannon down. And they, As you do, and they like the promoter did. Like Sean okay. did. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, it's, the promoter did. Yes, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was, I was promised that I could shoot the confetti cannon <laughs> off at the end of my set. Oh. And there were all these kids, and there was ice cream, and they were there with their parents. And the person who played before me, like I was obviously there for the parents, you know. Yeah. The, the person who played before me was a kids' music person, mm-hmm. and he had kids' music songs, and they were doing their kids' music songs, <laughs> and, and they had their ice cream. And at the end of his set. He shot off the fucking confetti <laughs> cannon. <laughs> and the kids went ape shit. <laughs> and then that was it. Like, I, I actually, like, I have rarely left the stage with my tail between my legs as, as quickly as I did 
after like six songs of that set when I was just like, this is pointless. These kids are done. At that point, they're like, they wanted to go home a half an hour ago. And they're just like pounding their fists on the ground and like, you know. That's just bad showmanship. Yeah. If yeah. you're not closing, you don't get to touch the confetti cannon. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's a real, oh, real lesson oh. for me, I'll tell you that. Worst thing that promoter ever did. Uh, the, um, the last question is from at Jesmond said, um, favorite MST3K episode, favorite host? <laughs> like John Ray. Thank you so much. Like I said, I don't think it's going to get good Not until the third reboot. <laughs> <laughs> when Chris Eccleston takes over. Oh, wow. Uh, the first Doctor Who MST3K, Chris? I think so. Yeah. Um, so um, we're going to wrap up the show okay. because you've given us so much time. We're going to ramp very, it up now? We're going to wrap it up. Oh, so it's up. time okay, to so. drop a beat and have you wrap. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but... Uh, but thank you so much for coming down. You're welcome. Yeah. This is really fun. This, this is, is great. To like finally sit and talk to you guys. I know. It's been very, very nice. Um, and I wasn't lying about the beat. So here we go. No, I'm not going to make anyone do that. When we had we had uh, Cease Francis and Pete Dolan on, and after we were done, they both were just immediately like, thank you so much for not making us freestyle. And like the whole time in my head, I was trying to feel out if I should ask them to freestyle. They were like, everyone asks us to do it. We don't like it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like who would do that? It's so dumb. Well, you can probably tell by how much I've actually talked Tonight, that it's nice to sit down to actually just talk. You know, that's it. That's what we like. You tell your friends. Um, but uh, we're gonna ramp up with. Uh, speaking of covers, mm. I think we might play this years ago on the show. But oh. uh, you do a great cover of one of my favorite pop songs, which is "Since You've Been Gone" by okay. Kelly Clarkson. Oh yeah, man! This this fucking this rocks. I've turned so <laughs> I've turned so many people onto you, starting That's with this cover. So funny! It's so weird. I, and and are you really? I bet you. Yeah. And I bet you, it's this. You doing that song is what made the AV Club start their fucking cover. <laughs> oh, show. their cover yeah. series, maybe. Yeah. 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 All right. Look, I know we got to go. Can I tell you briefly about how this Please? happened? Literally, while you're here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like '06 or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I this website that it came from. I don't even think it's still a website. It was called like. Wait, is it IGN? No, it was like Yougo or something. Oh God, yeah, I, I remember. Really that. remember, but like. Somebody had booked, you know, like this was before YouTube had really. I don't even know if YouTube existed, honestly, in 2006, like maybe 2008. It was still cat videos and stuff like that. No, I guess it was early in 2005. Anyway, 2005. Okay, so it was YouTube was not huge, but there was these. There were websites. There were blogs and websites. You know, and you'd go and do things. And um, I did. I got asked to do this thing for this, like you do or you go or whatever. And um, I was just like, yeah, sure. And and. uh, they wanted me to play some songs acoustic and I didn't really, I didn't even have a, I had to borrow an acoustic guitar. You know, <laughs> and, um, but I woke up in the morning and, um, I was just flipping around. I literally just like flipped past VH1 and then was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And flipped back. And it was that song. It was since you've been gone. Really? And I was like, Oh my God, that's Kelly Clarkson. I was like, that's a good song, you yeah. know? And, um, and then I was just like, they're totally ripping off the yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and then, you know, like the light bulb just went off and I was like, I should do that at my dumb website thing today, you know? So I just like learned it really quick and went and did the thing. And then we went on tour in Europe for six weeks. And this was, again, like before total connectivity, you yeah. know, like yeah. Twitter didn't exist at that point. And um, so I was in a relative bubble. And I 
came back six weeks later and um, for a decade, it's, it's ebbed at this point, but for a solid decade, I, I did not play a show that someone didn't yell for that. Wow. Like, have weirdly. You, have you talked to, you ever met Kelly Clarkson, talked to her about nope. that? No. Really? No. Nope. Oh, really? Did you bring it up? Hi. Okay, we're great. Do I do, oh, oh, you. I There's the camera. This is Neil. Neil, what's up? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for speaking. You can find that on Neil Mahoney's website, showfriends.com. That's me meeting Kelly Clarkson. Go for it. Did you want to answer the question? No, I didn't ask her about it. I heard that Howard's, somebody at Howard Stern played it. Oh, really? He I, he, I guess he used like Rude Boys a few times as like mm-hmm. bumper music, you know? That makes sense, yeah. And then I heard that somebody else like played that on the show and he was like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would he like it? I, he didn't, I, know, he I, didn't I, know who Bourdain was. Oh, God. That was, really it was like me and Neil were listening, we were driving. Ugh. Like uh, we were coming back from the Rift Tracks thing. Yeah. And like uh, he's talking to Alec Baldwin and I guess Alec Baldwin got into a thing with Bourdain before he died. And it was just like, he's, he's like, yeah, I never heard this guy. I never oh heard this guy. Who's God. this guy? I was saying, I guess he was a big star. And like, I'm going, yes, he was a How about massive. take five minutes and learn who he is before you start talking about him on the air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so nuts where it's like, and it was like, I was personally insulted because I was just like, and it's, I shouldn't though, because it's like, it's rare that I like such a thing that's universally loved. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff I really love is so niche uh, by the way, second season of Detroiters is out now on Comedy Central. <laughs> oh, I've heard, heard good stuff it's about so that. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Uh, <laughs> and the second season is not disappointing. Uh, but like, you know, growing up at like a punk kid, it's like you understand that like most of the stuff you like isn't the stuff that everyone likes. Mm-hmm. But with Bourdain, I was like, I mean, everyone, it's like this guy is like, you know, even when we were shooting that bit with him uh, in New York, it, it, the type of people that would come up to him is just like, you know, everyone loved him. He was just a massive megastar and for good reason. Because he was thoughtful and and smart and funny and really cool, and did a lot to bring people together in his own way. And then like for him, just be, like to be some other guy who's like so so synonymous with New York for as long as Howard Stern is. We were like, yeah, I yeah. guess the guy's real famous. I go, you fuck, you motherfucker. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a drag, man. I'm yeah. so glad I just jumped when he went to satellite radio. I yeah, like, I'm I, done. When I did else? you turn into um, SoCal skate guy? <laughs> <laughs> Visual joke uh, on a podcast still no, works. That's right. That I never, hits it was a about slow the, transition. The, it hits about the two-hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So we're going to play that cover, and then I'll, I'm going to play... Uh, the other song, I forgot to say, when we did the double song in the middle of the episode, that song I played was um, Dip. Uh, it's off the new album, Baydream by Culture Abuse, who are a um, fantastic band, uh, doing really good. Um Doing real good stuff and real, real solid. But I'm gonna uh, play uh, this "Since You've Been Gone" cover, okay, by Ted. And then after that, it's a um, "Since You've Been Gone" slash maps. That's right. Yes, That's yeah, right. slash maps. Um, but it's gonna, and then we're gonna play uh, the uh, song, a song from Alex Jonestown Massacre. Oh yeah, which is like a few. It's like <laughs> we a played few them before. I met someone from that. Wait, band. we already played that one. Yeah, uh, we played we played one couple of weeks. So Ken Edwards keeps on fucking submitting this yes, thing. Yes, he does. God, motherfucker! Wow. It's a good band. You I know what we'll do? We're gonna play. You know what we'll do? We'll play. Uh, yeah, we'll, a, we'll play it. It's good. We gotta yeah. like we gotta spread the good word. Sure. I, just, I was gonna like. I feel bad we're not. That's we didn't a, play anything like a, off the hangman. Three deep reference. Right. Yeah. yeah. Alex. Alex yeah. Exactly. Massacre. Yeah. Alex Jones. Brian's Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. And, and Jonestown Massacre. Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. 
I met a dude from that band at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, and he was very nice. Alex Josown? Yeah. Okay, well, oh. then this, this yeah. is a nice connection. Yeah. But okay. um, so uh, Ted is on tour a bunch uh, for the most part. You're yeah, I'm, I, I don't have a whole lot of touring for the rest of the year. There's some dates uh, in the Northeast in August and also in September. And then we're, we're actually doing a fun uh, two-night... Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, two-night thing with Against Me in Detroit in oh, October. Nice. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. You should, you should invite anyone that's ever been on the show, Detroiters, for free to come to your show. Oh, did I say Detroit? Yeah. I meant Denver. Oh, you should... Uh, anyone it's that's ever been on... Um, it's not in Detroit. Those Who, those can't. who can't. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> um, Longmire. Isn't that near... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, at Ted Leo on uh, Twitter, at Real Ted Leo on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Um, hey, John, how do people submit songs to the show? Oh, yeah. If you are in a band, and um, thank you so much. If you're new to the episode and you tuned in to listen to Ted Leo talk, uh, one, sorry. Uh, it's uh, I, sh- I should have been having him talk more instead of telling him my thoughts on his music for most of the time. But if you are in a, if you're a musician, if you're a musician and you want your uh, band played on the show, Email us at uh, Jonah Radio R A Y D I O at gmail.com. Um, and if you like any of Ted's music, go and buy it. Or if you can't buy anything right now, stream it. If you if you do that and you like it, like tweet at him. Let him know that you you, you liked it. It's uh, and then any band we play on the show, uh, go see them live or go stream them on uh, Bandcamp or go and oh, let Google them it, dog. know that. You like them and you heard them and you wish you could spend money on them, but you can't. It's a, uh, it's like we're in a new place where it's like, it's like you know you don't have to have money to hear music, but at least like take that time of that money you should have made to buy the music yeah. and let them know that you heard it and you like it, and then hopefully you can go see them live. Can I say some something else about that really quick? Yeah, I'll, I'll make this quick. I'm sorry, but um, I, th- I imagine I'm the authority on uh, being a musician in this day and age. <laughs> but yeah, go for it, Ted. Well, you know. Um, you know, one of the things that I think makes a lot of a lot of us um, bristle is just how much like extra we're we're asked to give for an industry uh, and a and a population that is is offering less and less mm-hmm. for it. But you'd be surprised at how generous most most artists are are going to be. And as regards to what you're saying about even you know, if you can't afford this, if you can't afford that, if you can't afford this, if you can't afford that, um, man. If you need to get on a guest list or you want to, you know, have a, access to a song or something, I would encourage you to try gently and kindly actually writing to the artists that you that you care about because you might be surprised at um, how they want you to be there uh, if you can be. Yes, so. yeah. unless you're a cotton commercial. Apparently, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just um, do your best because it's yeah, you know, bands are making less and less. Um, but at the same time, there was a time where bands were making more and more. Uh, you know, I think there's, uh, if we look at the grand scheme of uh, entertainers, um, we're on the downslope now. All of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, fewer, fewer and fewer people that do entertainment are making uh, as much money as what we considered for about 100, 150 years. There was like a time where it's like, if you were an entertainer, recorded stuff has really... Right. Was like everyone was like, oh, I'm gonna buy that record thing. Now you don't have to. Yeah. And now it's reverting back to bands like you know, 
just like you know, musicians going like, "Well, I have time to pack up the old uh, you know trailer and mm-hmm. move it on to the next." Let's town. move t- town to town and play for meals. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like every time I'm watching like a medieval like movie or something like that, and there's like the entertainers is like, "Well, on like they're all packing right. up and just kind of on a muddy road the, to another the, like, village." Uh, the, oh the man, puppet show bard yeah. combo. Yes, yeah, exactly. look at those guys. They got clothes for all their puppets right. and wooden wheels. Yeah. Oh, what the exactly. life! Three amigos. Yeah. Well, once we take down the player piano real industry, we'll get, we'll get, our feet, we'll get back on our feet. Yeah. I don't want no ghosts. Give me entertainment. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to play uh, the uh, Ted Leo um, cover of Maps and Since You've Been Gone. Thank you so much for coming Thank out. you for having yeah, me. It's been really awesome. fun. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you for letting me blab so much. Oh, no, of course. Um, and then, yeah, tell your friends. Here's the thing. Started out friends, it was cool, it was all pretend, yeah, yeah, since you've been gone. You dedicated, you took the time, it wasn't long for I called you mine, yeah, yeah, since you've been gone. And now hear me say, is how I picture me with you. Yeah, all you ever hear me say Since you've been gone I can't breathe for the first time So moving on, yeah, yeah Thanks to you, now I get what I want Since you've been gone I even fell for a stupid love song, yeah, yeah. But since you've been gone, how come I never hear you say, I just wanna be with you? Maybe you never felt that way. But since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. I'm so moving on, yeah, yeah. Thanks to you, now I get.
you've been gone Since you've been gone Since you've been gone Since you've been gone Just away, but you're so generous to me and my life Cheap shots and suck up a chance MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.